Welcome back to another episode of A Saintly Moment, brought to you by the Transforming Lives Together podcast. I'm Deacon James Kibbe, and this week we are celebrating Independence Day. We will hear from the Lesser Feasts and Fast book on the liturgical history regarding the American holiday, and we'll read one of the scripture readings appointed for the day. Before we continue, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast and invite you to leave a five-star rating and review. Your positive feedback helps us reach more people with the content you're enjoying right now. So please take a moment and respond. We really appreciate your support. So here is our excerpt from the Lesser Feasts and Fast. Proper psalms, lessons, and prayers were first appointed for this national observance in the proposed prayer book of 1786. They were deleted, however, by the General Convention of 1789, primarily as a result of the intervention of Bishop William White. Though himself a supporter of the American Revolution, he felt that the required observance was inappropriate since the majority of the church's clergy had, in fact, been loyal to the British crown. Writing about the convention, which had called for the observance of the day throughout this church on the 4th of July forever, White said, The members of the convention seem to have thought themselves so established in their station of ecclesiastical legislators that they might expect of the many clergy who had been averse to the American Revolution, the adoption of this service. Although, by the use of it, they must make an implied acknowledgement of their error, and an address to Almighty God, the greater stress is laid on this matter because of the notorious fact that the majority of the clergy could not have used the service without subjecting themselves to ridicule and censure. For the author's part, having no hindrance of this sort, he contented himself with having opposed the measure and kept the day from respect to the requisition of the convention, but could never hear of its being kept in above two or three places beside Philadelphia. It was not until the revision of 1928 that provision was again made for the liturgical observance of the day. Now on to one of the scripture readings assigned for today, and this one comes from the New Testament letter to the Hebrews. I'll be reading chapter 11, verses 8 through 16. By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore there was born even of one man, and him as good as dead at that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith, without receiving the promises, 
But having seen them, and having welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. This desire for a better country, or for a heavenly city, is the flickering light that guides our pilgrim vessels across the dark and unforgiving ocean. The Founding Fathers understood the vision and set down in words the essence of this new land, this guiding principle in the words of their declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They would pay dearly for their words in the ensuing war with Great Britain, and in the sacrifice of many brave men and women. This war would be one conflict among many spanning the short history of the United States, and her struggles continue to this day. Still, our hearts turn back to those profound words, and in doing so we find that the flame still flickers, the vision is not lost, the heavenly city is still ahead of us. As the founders understood, we can only see it by faith, and we can only get there by the same faith. Sadly, our experience in this life will be like those who, according to the writer of Hebrews, died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. We will not see the complete fulfillment of these founding words in this life, only glimmers and glances, and that is because those words belong to a better country, and so do we. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, in whose name the founders of this country won liberty for themselves and for us, and lit the torch of freedom for nations then unborn, grant that we and all the people of this land may have grace to maintain our liberties in righteousness and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to A Saintly Moment, brought to you by the Transforming Lives Together podcast, which is a ministry of St. Bartholomew's Anglican Church in Tonawanda, New York. We hope to have you back again as we remember the lives of the saints. Until then, may the peace of Christ rule in your hearts by faith to the glory of God the Father. <laughs>